Welcome, reanimated fans, to this week's episode. I am H.A. Conrad, suffering from a lack of sleep, but imbibing copious amounts of coffee. Here from you in Brooklyn, sleepy, but still, still kicking. Uh, here with me on the West Coast is Stuart Tiffin, my intrepid co-host, as always. What's up, Stuart? Yo, H.A., thank you for having me. Uh, always a pleasure to be on the show. Also, I like even when you're not sleep deprived, that joke seems to always make you chuckle. So I also appreciate that. It, I'm just I'm an easy target. I'm an easy <laughs> audience, um, especially when tired. Um, so car alarms. I have a question. What are they? What's that? What's yeah. What's the have, purpose? Have what? they ever actually stopped someone from rob, uh, stealing your car or breaking into your car? I don't think so. And so this is, you know, this this thing was has been going off since 1.30 a.m. I will say that noise canceling headphones worked, um, though gave me an odd sleep experience. <laughs> so I kind of put that on with like, uh, you know, like the Calm app. Um, they have like these soundscapes of oceans and things like that. Oh yeah. So I put that on to kind of block it out, but I did have a dream of being shipwrecked. So there you are. Yeah. No zombies, no zombies for once, but it was I, still a weird sleep experience. And I am, I am, I don't know that there's enough coffee to to help me today, but I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try. You just are reminding me that I also had a an epic zombie dream on a Friday night, which was just like I don't like talking about dreams, and I don't think anybody really likes hearing about dreams. So I'm not gonna go into the detail. Yeah, just, you let know, me just say, you know, it's, else, you know what it, else people hate. What? Dream episodes in any film, oh, well, movie, series, they are yeah. the bane of my existence. But continue with your dream episode. Continue. Yes, but neither of the Walking Dead episodes that we're talking about today are dream episodes, thank goodness. But in this, this just this epic dream experience was just like the scope of time that I was, it felt like, because it was quite immersive. And it wasn't one of those ones where I'm like, yes, I am, a, I am dreaming. It was one of those ones where it was like, oh my God, I've been in a zombie apocalypse for six months in my sleep. By the time I woke up, I was relieved as hell. <laughs> so, uh, so I mean, at least at this point, almost all my dreams are lucid dreaming. Like, even if I can't necessarily always control what's happening, I'm I'm aware that I am dreaming. Um, do you have that experience, or does it feel super real to you? It, sometimes it, it varies. Sometimes I'm more aware of of what's going on, and and then I actually have the ability to like manipulate what you know what's going to happen next. Oh, yeah, it's 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 better when you can do that. At least. Yes. Yes, because I, okay, let me just tell you one, one thing that happened in my dream. I'm just going to say two words, zombie sheep. Oh yeah. That's weird. Yeah. No, it took a turn that I was not expecting. (laughs) Um, actually like a few weeks ago, I had a zombie rabbit thing happening and that was upsetting. I only can blame the Easter holidays for that one. Yeah. Well, um, but yeah, I, when it's something innocuous and strange like that, um, you know, like, what can you, what can you do? Well, I'm you glad, do? I'm glad it was over that you got out of it, that you did not age a millennia when you got out on the other side, yeah. um, that it wasn't a time loop. Um, and you know, here we are sleep deprived in Brooklyn. Um, so not, not a lot in the scope of zombie news. There's some horror things coming out. Um, I am going to check out this weird HBO series called, and it's a UK HBO series called The Baby, has a little bit of like the sort of the Omen vibes, sort of Damien vibes going on. But apparently a woman ends up with like a cursed baby that can like destroy other mortals or something strange like that. And 
she really she keeps trying to apparently get like like you know offload the baby but the baby is refusing the baby wants her to take care of him so it's getting like kind of it's getting good reviews but i can't tell if it's good so i will uh watch it and report back on that one uh okay makes sense sounds good um in other news we've got a we had a this isn't zombie related, but Matthew Lillard has launched a studio called uh, well, Midnight, Mo- Midnight Movie Club, mm. and their first film is going to be a vampire picture, high concept. Another interesting element of this is that this movie uh, studio is going to be powered by NFTs. So I guess if you buy an NFT with the studio, you, are, you get access to the membership board and you can make filmmaking decisions alongside other members so it's a little bit like crowdsourcing or you know you see people with their patreons uh if you are a patron at this level you can decide what we're going to talk about next well next month or whatever so i i guess that's their model it seems like a bad idea and also for, not for the amount of money it takes to make a movie yeah i feel like this is a bit and also sketchy. all the things that we've been seeing about NFTs, how that's like obviously being ma- manipulated. I don't know that this is a sustainable business plan, but we can see what happens with it. I do like him. I think he's fun. Um, so maybe we'll maybe we'll see a different thing come out of this. Has to be some other money in the background. They can't solely be like they just can't be the only thing there. He's got all his Scooby-Doo money, so. I know, right? Actually, I think he's also a partner with Beetle and Grimm, which is this, uh, like, really uh, bespoke, custom, high-end D&D product company where they make, like, like so Dungeons and Dragons, the company Dungeons and Dragons puts out a new adventure and Beetle and Grimm's will take that adventure and like wrap it in leather and put in like crystal dice and like giant maps and then sell it to you for $300. So well, I think I think he's involved in that company. Well, maybe it's coming from the Beetle and Grimm money then. Maybe it's know. maybe it is. Uh, either way, you know that I, I love me some uh, some Matthew Lillard, I guess. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I hope it does well. I hope so, too. It's a disruptive Um, idea, so it's cool. It is. It's all good. Um, And a little bit more to come on this, but, you know, if you've you've been watching Moon Knight um, and then there's, like, some Doctor Strange kind of zombifying news. So looks like in the MCU universe, there is potentially some zombie action maybe down the pike. Um, Moon Knight, um, I have not yet seen this episode, but apparently there were some zombies in that made an appearance in like the third or fourth episode of the series. Um, and then Doctor Strange, there's been things that that sort of indicate that this may be be going to be potentially in the new movie is that right Stuart? Well, um, we've seen those stills and I guess more stills, more it- clips of zombies are coming to light to the point where you know we are under a huge amount of pressure from special guest Kyle Diaz to review this movie on the podcast and I, th- I say we do it. Well I don't know if I'm going to like give in to the pressure of Kyle Diaz but if he asks nicely maybe maybe. No, this is um, this is extreme extreme prejudice. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so we'll have to we'll have to see how that comes, and if it makes if it if it makes sense to do so, I think we should do so. Regardless, we should talk about it. Um, I mean, we've talked about Fear the Walking Dead episodes that only had one zombie, and it was an afterthought. True, that's true. Therefore, the if this if this movie has any zombies, okay, in fi- okay. there is a precedent here on reanimated for us to review it. All right, all right. I'll give in. I'll give in. It, this could just be the lack of sleep talking. Um, but we've got a couple of episodes to get through today warlords and the rotten core 
Um, one is very much in Aaron and Gabriel slash Negan kind of episode. Not as much. Yeah. Yeah. Negan, I suppose. Um, He's there. And, and then uh, we also have, and then the, the rotten to the core is very much a Daryl and Rosita episode and a little bit of Mercer and Carol. Um, so, um, and, and again, the, the whole, like, it's a continuation of the, the, Negan Aaron Gabriel complex episode. So so let's hop into it. Um you know, lots going on in all these episodes. Like lots lots to sort of parse out. Um this one I felt almost like we didn't have a ton of information and I think that was somewhat deliberate. Um so basically we've got um Aaron and Gabriel and they have been um kind of like They've been they've been doing things sort of similar to what they had been doing before. Apparently, that's what is what is being implied or they have experienced sort of like reaching out to new survivors to see if they're appropriate to bring um, to the Commonwealth. So, well, let's uh, let's let's back it up just a smidge, AJ. I mean, yes, uh, Aaron has been doing that work. Gabriel, I think, has just been preaching and, and yeah, yeah, he yeah. does a really nice sermon in this episode, too. Does. But uh, the, the beginning of this episode is actually um, Elijah on the walls of Hilltop, uh, having a shooting, an arrow shooting competition with um, Marco, who is a, a known Hilltopper also. Um, and they are like, you know, they're doing like a Legolas and Gimli sort of uh, who can shoot the most yeah, zombies yeah. with arrows competition. It's I, I, I dig it. Yeah, I um, dug that. Uh, And then Lydia is like walking up to the front gate, like I'm leaving, I'm going to the Commonwealth. And Elijah's like, oh man, everybody's leaving. And she's like, yeah, well, you know, I'm going to go see what it is. And uh, Elijah's there. They're also shipping now. Elijah and Lydia. Uh, Marco's like, take your shot. Uh, you got to walk with her, or you know. And he offers to walk with her to the Commonwealth um, outpost that she's going to go and like surrender herself up to to join the, the community. Uh, when a dude who's covered in blood rides up on a horse and then gives him a map and says they're slaughtering everyone, so it's a big mystery. And Maggie does not want to go and help, but Lydia and Elijah argue her like either they're going to go alone but eventually then she comes to uh right. as this was happening i don't know about you but i was like uh, is herschel going to be left all by himself in yeah Hilltop? i thought the same thing i thought the same thing and i guess that becomes clear later it does become clear by the second episode we're talking about uh but they do show also like they do show one other extra walking in the background so there's at least one other guy there marco also does not come with but you don't have a good sense of how many people there are at hilltop but it feels like four Spark. or five <laughs> and Lydia was about to leave too, you know, like, uh, and in the last episode, Diane and a few others had left also. Um, but, but then like after that, I think that's the cold open. Then we jump to no, cause then uh, they have a truck that's running and they're driving their truck to, uh, to go help. Cause when Matt, like the fact that they have a truck that's running, didn't that trip you up? Yeah, yeah, it did because I thought they were sort of all out of these kinds of accoutrement. No, I mean, I guess the uh, Commonwealth has been driving around in trucks, and they do have biofuel, so I guess they're like really. This is a sign of how they've been helping out, mm. but I don't know that they were doing a lot of trade with Hilltop. So maybe Hilltop got that from Alexandria or something else. Like it's the trickle down effect of the Commonwealth's impact on the community. Yeah. Uh, um, and then we, we go also, to Aaron in the, yeah, in we the go to Aaron, but can we also talk about like even the sort of discussion about going to help whatever this thing might be? Mm -hmm. um, 
I like again. It felt a little bit like would they? They're they're definitely thin on resources, and they've walked into these things before, which have been traps. Mm-hmm. Um, this guy doesn't make a total amount of sense. He says like three words before he yeah, dies. They so have they very have, little information. They have no information. What they and do so have though is the map that has their communities do, and circled and on so it. Yeah. I guess Maggie's sort of thought process behind this is that somebody either from Hilltop or who is an ally of Hilltops know had had done this and had like yeah. is asking for help. So I guess it sort of makes sense. But again, it seems like a, a little bit of a a difficult mission to go on with the information they have. That's yeah. all. I have to say. The, and the, this was an important conversation. I'm glad you uh, brought it up because uh, this is where Maggie tells the story of the farm before the fall, when the developers wanted to buy the farm from her dad and he just held out, held out, held out. And then there was a drought. And then they started dropping off food on the front porch and uh, Herschel just let it all rot on the front porch. And, and Lydia's like, why wouldn't you, you know, take the food and Maggie's like, well, we didn't need it. Well, she doesn't say that. She talks around, we didn't need it. But she's like, we didn't lose any cattle. We pulled together and we pulled through or something like that. Yeah. But obviously, at the end of the day, they didn't need the food. So uh, it's kind of like, I don't know, it kind of undermines the point of the story to me. <laughs> like, if you can, it's one thing to let the food rot, uh, you know, out of principle. It's another, like when somebody is just dropping off casseroles on your front steps and you're like, I just went grocery shopping. I don't know what. <laughs> I don't know why you keep leaving all this food on yeah. my front porch. Uh, I mean, and I, I think it was actually like food for the, for the cattle, not, for, not yeah. for the green family, but it was just kind of like an odd story. Like I get the point. She doesn't need the help. They can, they can get by. Is that really going to persuade Lydia who thinks that getting by maybe isn't enough? Um, was well, I, I thought it was an interesting back and forth. And there's the other part where Lydia is like, but people are still suffering and people are still like, that that's a great story, but you know, sh- why should you have to suffer if the why suffer needlessly? So there's a little bit of a philosophical thing going on. And here. Maggie's counterpoint, which was, you really think the Commonwealth knows better? Those people haven't been tested in ten years, and do you want to yep. be there when they are? I right. honestly feel like that is a totally great point. You know, they have a pretty decent sense of how the folks of Alexandria Hilltop and River Rivers Bend Ocean Side. Uh, yeah. They know how they will respond to yep. adversity. They have no idea how the Commonwealth will. And I think that is probably the biggest. I don't think that it's an incorrect assessment. No, so. but I thought that was pretty interesting. I, I don't often write down like bits of dialogue from this show uh, unless I'm going to like make fun of it. But honestly, in this case, I tend not to agree with Maggie in a lot of things, but uh, I really did agree with her saying that yeah. to Lydia. Yeah. And I mean, I think there's also the little piece where it's like, if you're under control of the Commonwealth, you're under control of them in every way. And I don't and and given her interaction with um, their their version of the governor, basically, um, I don't necessarily blame her for her skepticism. Um, the ultimately their philosophies are very different. And interestingly, the woman who basically uh, established uh, Alexandria, um, that the president or whatever her name is um, that she knew mm-hmm. had a very different philosophy. And that philosophy aligns with Maggie. Um, but this this woman uh, does not. Um, and so and yeah. that and if she is the one sort of dictating what the Commonwealth is doing, I can understand why that makes sense to Maggie. Like, I'm not going to be putting myself 
under control of somebody who I don't trust and who seems to be taking advantage of the people that were that everybody's trying to like pull together. There's yeah. a, there's a hierarchy, there is a strata, there's an economic um, disparity, like, and in I, a world where, where resources are so thin, like I can understand that idea. So I, I agree with you. And again, kind of shocked because generally I think Maggie makes a lot of bad decisions, but in this case, I think she's correct. So. Yeah. Um, I, I think, yeah, we did talk a little bit about the Milton Maggie conversation last Pamela Milton Maggie conversation yeah. last episode, but uh, I also agree. Like, well, I also think Milton's re her philosophy of leadership while it was a little bit laid out there, like people expect to see me dressed like this. It's also like this really passive approach to leadership where she's just yeah. like, well, I can see now, now that I've been out here in the wilderness, there is a natural order to things that is missing and uh, we can't just have city states. I'm like, that isn't really a proactive leadership philosophy. That's just like, a, this is how it should be. And so I'm going to, I'm going to shift my, you know, our resources to make it so that things are how they should be. But it's, it's such a, I don't know. I feel like they need to write better for Milton uh, or I'm not picking up on what her leadership philosophy is. But also, as we see in these two episodes, Hornsby is definitely doing his own stuff. And yeah. so that, you know, undermines whatever Milton's out there trying to achieve, I guess. Um, so it's kind yeah. of, it's, it's, there's a lot of interesting stuff going on with the Commonwealth, but I don't know that they're going to have time, even in this long season, to really yeah. establish it. Uh, we still yeah. haven't seen a goddamn farm. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, after the cool sermon that Gabriel gives, which is really like trust your neighbor. If you've been out there in the in the poop, you know, you know what it is to have to trust your neighbor. Um, I feel like there's a real flip side to his argument, which is that like you've also trusted people who tried to eat you, yep. you know, uh, but, you know, that's not the point of what his sermon is. And then he and uh, Aaron have a good conversation. Aaron reveals that he has a boss. His boss's name is Carlson and Carlson is played by Jason Butler Harner. And do you know this guy? Um, he looks familiar to me. Remind me of who he is. So he is an FBI agent uh, or an agent, I think FBI in Ozarks, if you've seen that show. Uh, you know what? O that is a show that I am going to, Bill does not want to watch it. And I have not yet watched it. Um, I know it's great. Everybody keeps telling me this. So yeah. So it, okay, so mind. I will not say any more about that. He's played a lot of characters. He's been in Law and Orders. He's been in Homeland. He's been on a lot of things. I have a feeling that this dude only plays villains. <laughs> so uh, as well, soon as I you, saw him, I was go. just like, oh, okay, here we go. Here we go. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, it's, a good, it's a good role for him. Um, and Carlson, Aaron explains him as being like a little bit funny or a little odd, but his heart's in the right place. Uh, this episode also has a lot of flashbacks and flash forwards again, I guess not flash forwards, just flashbacks really, but it's like, you go back two weeks, you go back two weeks in one hour. Right. Uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot I, of that. I kind of found that annoying, but you know. we're never huge fans of that kind of storytelling, but it does kind of help, uh, with some context because you don't want to know Carlson's full situation at the at the outset of this right you want to you want to kind of you, you definitely piece it together as this as the action happens in this episode but um seeing his conversations with hornsby are really helpful uh and i guess they it is good to see those later on as opposed to earth you know if this all happened chronologically it would be less interesting i guess um, um but anyway yeah. like aaron and gabriel are supposed to go to this uh, apartment complex which has a lot of people in it and basically sort of vet them 
or offer them, you know, to be vetted to come into the Commonwealth. Um, you know, I do like like this whole scene, like especially as they're approaching this complex, because um, Gabriel and Aaron are both like, yeah, this isn't a good situation. This doesn't seem like something we should be getting into. And um, there's all sorts of things going on. Um, Lance, who has also been basically assigned to um, be to lead this team. Um, um, isn't it? Um, Carlson. Sorry, Carlson. Carlson um, has been assigned by Lance, rather. Um, Carlson is like a former, uh, like he, we, we, we learn later. We hear later this, but like, because initially he seems like this just sort of, um, I don't want to say naive, but a little bit of naive. And also like, we're just going to get up and go kind of a, thing and it turns out later that he absolutely knows and understands exactly what he's doing here yeah. um i mean his and- the way he's talking to aaron and gabriel is totally like naive because he's like yeah we've brought in four people at a time before yeah. now we're yeah. going into this building and you guys you should just trust me because this is going to be great yeah. uh, and but, yeah. aaron and gabriel are definitely skeptical for a reason and and we know why well do, um, looking at what they're looking at do you get the same read as them they're just looking at a building from like i don't know a quarter right. mile away there's no sign of people anywhere. Where, yeah. like, why are they so? What? Why do they have that take? Do you think? Um, I think you know because I think they had been told that there had been some kind of like, you know, interaction or something that allowed them to to think that maybe they were friendly. Um, but really, there's no information, and it looks much more like it's fortified. And it doesn't look fortified, it, though. There's nothing. But they're coming at it from a point of weakness, with no sort of mm. like, no sort of reconnaissance, no yeah, nothing. They have no intel. In. That's for sure. And, and I, that, I just, I just think it looks like a, an abandoned building from their yeah. vantage, and that they've walked into plenty of those. They have, but they have an idea of the numbers here, and. For both of them, I mean, I really, Gabriel's comments here are like, yeah, no, man, I'm no, not doing this. I don't want to die. And uh, like, he's like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to die. And remember, this is like, remember when they had the whole crazy Russian roulette thing? Mm-hmm. Um, and that was one dude. So, like, I think that they're both definitely, rightly so, skeptical about doing this whole thing. Um, and I also think that they smell a rat to some extent um, because. While they may not know exactly what it is, I don't think that they trust Carlson, although they don't fully understand the extent of his nature, obviously. Um, I think they think he's a little crazy, but I don't think they understand how sort of nefarious he is. Um, So there's that. Um, There's no way that they could know how nefarious he is. Because honestly, uh, this dude, Jason Butler Hansen, is a good actor. Harner. Harner, not Hansen. He's great. Uh, production wise this community I'm trying to put my finger on what it is what is their look uh, it's a lot of piercings Yeah, it's a lot it's a of little, beaded it, necklaces I felt, I felt like they were going a little Mad Max it feels That's- a little Mad Max yeah um, the sides are a nice touch I guess uh, they're supposed to be religious there's a cross on the outside of the building there's, there's just a it's like a, it is a little bit like these are extras from the first three Matrix movies who lived in um, that uh, underground yeah. city. Uh, a lot of dis- distressed cotton clothes and and long long jackets. I don't know. It's it doesn't super work for me because it is too uniformly what it is. 
but they are scary looking. Yep. Uh, um, and and they, you know, this is it's a scary sort of disarming process. Uh, and then they're led into my extreme joy to see Michael Bean in his office. Yeah, I know, right? Oh, Michael Bean. <sighs> I mean, between Michael Bean. And uh, the guy with the Russian roulette, and I forget that actor's name, and that's terrible, but that was Terminator 2, and Michael Bean is from Terminator. He's Hudson, not Hudson, sorry, he's Hicks in Aliens. He is uh, Ringo or whatever his name is, Johnny Ringo, I think, in Tombstone. This is a guy who has been so many amazing roles. Um, I wish he had stuck around longer. Me too, but he doesn't. I mean, and I mean, I felt like, you know, so they bring them in. It doesn't bode well. You got the piercings. You've got all this, the accoutrement of something crazy happening. Um, you got a little bit of the governor vibe going on with him a little bit. I don't know. Um, it feels way fouler than the governor it's even did. Fouler. It's definitely fouler, but like basically they go in, he's got a bunch of heads in his office. He's spouting off BS, but says he's got to protect his people. Um, and you know, they basically Carlson just goes crazy and, and takes, him out and has and also like it's just it's a little bit confusing um i do think that the way that they film this to just kind of hide different information and that's why they did the flashbacks and things like that um made sense but um as it turns out this is a community that negan has been living in um and (laughs) yeah it it does turn that turn out that way but we don't find that out oh yeah it, it happens a little later uh, but yeah, that was that was unexpected. Honestly, even Carlson's sudden twist was unexpected for me. Uh, like the the fact because he was doing a great job of groveling, and then the Aaron and, and Gabriel talk talk Ian Michael Bean's character down from uh, execution to you guys should leave, and then uh, that sudden move by Carlson came unexpectedly. Uh, yeah. The fact that he like and Angela Kang talks about this as like his Jason Bourne moment which I think is pretty accurate because he then just leaves the room and uh, you don't know what he does, but you assume that he kills like all those people who are waiting downstairs in the wings that that you saw as they walked in. I thought that was pretty cool. If a little bit, um, it's a little bit absurd to have like a Jason Bourne in in walking dead, I guess. Also, he's not like a moral version of Jason Bourne. No, but he's just killing people. And he, we find out that he's looking for this shipment of weapons. Um, and we find that out to another flashback. There was a convoy that was hijacked and they think that they were the, the convoy remains were taken back here. That's why he's come. It wasn't to recruit. It was always just to find the stuff that Hornsby was doing. It even refers to it as, quote, the other thing, um, which is like, uh, yeah, who knows? Um, but he's moving weapons around inside the Commonwealth under the radar. Milton's yep. probably unaware. Yep. Um, and so I do think it was clever how they reveal all this stuff and how they reveal the different characters um, because they do it with like, you see one scene and then another, and then it's like they do a flashback thing to fill in. And basically Negan and Annie, who we find out later is his wife. Um, New character alert. Um, also pregnant. Uh, yeah Um, 12 weeks or so which is giving us a timeline because we haven't really known how much time is passing we had a 30-day counter right when daryl uh was like one of our first episodes in the with daryl in the commonwealth he was like 30 days in 
And now it's been at least three months. Yeah, it has like. to be. So that gives us something. Um, but basically, you know, this is a community Negan is a part of and basically and Annie is a part of and they're not, you know, while Ian sort of gave a vibe that this is like kind of a crazy community, I don't think it is. I think he was just sort of like us supposed to be like a scary face to keep people out. Um, and, you know, the Carlson Carlson decides to like, well, I got to find these weapons. I've been given a mission. He's got also like kind of Barry vibe sometimes, Carlson. Um, Barry? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> um, because he seems so nice and then he t- suddenly like turns and he seems reasonable until he's not. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, him and his little stormtroopers come in and they're doing a search. Um, not a very good one since there's all these little hidey holes in this building. And, you know, starts basically applying pressure. And by applying pressure, he's like tossing people off the roof. He's got a loudspeaker going so everybody knows what's happening. Um, I mean, when he kills Mike, when he kills Ian, which is pretty like a very short interrogation later, he's like kicking him. And then he's like moving his jaw to puppet as if he's talking. That's when they really show you that. Yeah. Carlson is not not all there with the full deck. Yeah. and he's interrogating people sort of, and nobody knows anything about it, which, you know, but they're dying anyway. And, you know, so they, they really like, and, and then we see how the little, the, the guy that the young kid, um, Jesse. Got away, Jesse got away to get to Maggie and that it's Negan who gave the map. Um, and, you know, yeah, you know yeah. what? With that, with that reveal and these other reveals that they've done through the flashbacks, I will say that this is probably the best application of this flashback storytelling I've seen in The Walking Dead. Yeah, For a show good. that relies on it sometimes too much, this is yeah. probably the best version of it I've seen. Yeah, and it was great. And um, we see all sorts of weird things going on with like Aaron and Gabriel and and how they're escaping. And um, it's really, I, I thought it was cleverly done. Um, and so, you know, this all culminates to basically, um, you know, like with Maggie coming in to help, basically. Yeah, that's the end of the episode is Maggie and her little crew are now inside. They've taken out some guards. Now they've got mach- now I've got a machine gun. Ho, ho, ho. Right. Uh, and they are starting to clear through the building. But we're also I don't know if we're hearing it in this episode, but like lots of people are getting killed in this building. Like yeah. it's kind of the soundtrack for the next 30 minutes of this show is no, no, ah, like people getting murdered. And I don't know how big this is, 40 people. I feel like we hear 40 people die in the background. They've kicked like like six people off the roof. It doesn't feel like there's like a lot of people left. Can't be, Uh, but it's just going to be a bunch of, uh, a new group of nameless, faceless um, extras, you know. And then this, this hops into the next episode, the Rotten Core. Um, which is basically the same. It's just a continue. Yeah. These like are, a, these are a good, good two to go talk about because they basically lead right into each other. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, there's a lot, you know, Maggie and Negan still have some things to, to hash out. Um, there's a lot of hashing that happens here. Also between Herschel and, and uh, Negan. Negan. Yep. Um, early on in this episode, there's a conversation because uh, Carlson calls back to talk to Hornsby to be like, we've got the compound, uh, but we don't have what, you know, what we came here for. Uh, and Hornsby refers to these people as subhuman. Yep. Uh, or he calls them rats. Or it's like talking to a yep. rat, I think he said. Um, like, he doesn't even think, like, that is an insane thing to say yep. about 
people. And it definitely, you know, like the uh, the nice Hornsby that we saw at the Poppy Farm, like making sure that those women weren't going to get hit anymore uh, is certainly a thing of the past. Um, yep. It was just, I to me, I think he, I still think he was just acting for Carol's benefit there. Um, oh, definitely. Uh, but yeah, so, and I, I would like to have a little more of a nuanced approach to Commonwealth Army uh, soldiers. Mm. I don't like it when we just see people being given unreasonable orders and everybody follows them. Uh, this this happened in the world beyond where it was like uh, only um, Huck was the one who was the only one who didn't follow orders to shoot civilians. Uh, we see it in, in this episode with the Commonwealth soldiers. We've seen a lot of stuff where it's like, oh yeah, shoot those civilians. <laughs> I'm sorry. Everybody's going to agree to that. Uh, that seems crazy, but there are way too many um, apparently like indoctrinated SS troopers among the Commonwealth army. Yeah. Just pisses me off. Yeah. And then they either, I think one of the things I kept thinking about during this episode is that they either sort of define them as being incredibly skilled or basically stormtroopers that just get cut down and mowed down. It really just depends on the moment that you catch them in, right? Yeah. So it's either like, okay, they, they are incredibly skilled at like taking, and, and we saw that a little bit in the episode at Hilltop when they go and they, well, and this is, they shoot they shoot all the, the walkers even amongst, uh, yeah. and, and that's sort of, you get that. And then you get also this scenario where they're taken out actually fairly easily by just a few ragtag little rebels, right? Yeah. Um, so that's kind of an interesting or weird thing that they do. And then eventually they they catch up with Carlson and they they give him his his just desserts. Um, mm-hmm. It's a little diehard, I guess. It, it does little, feel like a diehard. Yeah, because he's almost like hard. the Hans Gruber of this, uh, yeah, of this posse. Um, and even, you know, the throwing off, of, like eventually it's, they throw him off the building. It's like, very similar. But, uh, I think uh, we've got a parallel here for sure. Yeah. Right. So except um, there's more than there's more than just one Bruce Willis. There's like a whole team. There's of a Bruce lot Willis. of Bruce Willis's. Um, so I don't know. I guess like, and that was kind of fun. Um, but there is like I just felt like some of this was just like okay, how much more are we gonna do of this? Yeah. So I, I felt- you know, I'm I'm a little bit relieved though. Not relieved. Like this dude is great, uh, Jason. Butler Harner. He's great. He would have been a great villain to keep around, but he doesn't last this episode. Uh, And that's fine because even though he's like, you can't keep it, you can't have more than one Jason Bourne. And as we reveal at the end of this episode, Leah is still out there. And if anybody else is like a Jason Bourne, it's her. So uh, we're going to have to to handle that eventually. This, this episode also gives us another storyline, which is the uh, Rosita and Daryl have Mm. to do a, 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 a safe heist. Yeah. <laughs> in the zombie apocalypse storyline uh, i thought this was kind of interesting um this is that escapade that you uh, alluded to that uh, yeah. we were correct in pr- predicting um so sebastian driven um i thought that the scenes of i really enjoyed the scenes of daryl and rosita as cops eating yep. donuts t- speaking to each other in spanish which i thought was yep. really fun i mean yeah, really short fun. she's just like listos and he's like see but mm-hmm. uh, it was nice and carol asking him to meet her for lunch yeah. Uh, this was like some idyllic stuff. I, I kind of enjoyed it. And then, unfortunately, Daryl maybe does not, uh, what, pad Sebastian's ego enough when he's asking for some sort of 
affirmation about his zombie killing skills and daryl gives him yeah. like a, a sarcastic clap and then just is like yeah he's great um Sebastian, regardless i think sebastian would have gotten here i think this was just inevitable um I why, think why does he have control over mercer's men it doesn't make any sense uh especially because we've seen how his mother feels about him i just feel like she would have basically neutralized him as easily as possible like if she's taken his money away why would she give him any power anywhere else right, right. Yeah. it doesn't make sense to me so i that is a mystery that i would like solved or at least explained um other than the fact that he that he's just the bratty child of this woman in power um you know obvious i feel like there's some parallels they're trying to draw here quite frankly but yeah. um very very sort of not extraordinarily nuanced parallels between this and real life events um but you know basically he wants this money that's in this house and sends them off to do it and, and he has the code to their safe room yeah it feels weird um and so anyway they go off on the merry way with his like uh al what is it elves and castle yeah um who are are sebastian sort of like like well they're cronies i mean the, yeah the fact that right before mercer kills them both at the end of the episode they're like we don't even answer to you i'm like yeah. that is insane yeah how does that make any sense um yeah Ugh, but yeah so i mean you can tell like anybody who's ever watched a thing on tv before knows that this doesn't feel right right yeah, um yeah. it's as soon as they walk outside after daryl gave that sarcastic clap to sebastian that they're retasked by these other two guys and then there's a scene of them like walking and they're like how much further and the guy because none of these people are wearing helmets either i kind of yeah. don't like it I, I wish they would just look the part if everybody else in the commonwealth army has to wear their helmets all the time except for they mercer should. Uh, but he's like, oh, we're not far now. And you're just like, oh, God, this is a, this is a trap. And it was um, they have to do this silly guts. Guts are back. What do you think about this as like a, a motif? I knew it was going to come because they used it in the episode with uh, in. Uh, uh, they used fear. It in fear. Suddenly, like the whole franchise is like, yeah, we're cool with this again. We have we have to get through some zombies, man. Otherwise, there's no other way we can do it. Yep. So they can bring uh, it back full force. It's it's definitely back. I think it probably works better on their Commonwealth armor. Yeah. Because um, except the armor actually gets somebody killed in this in this episode too. Yeah. April, poor April. We knew she wasn't going to last but, long. I mean, that was just. I mean, you knew it the minute they saw her what was going to happen there. Um, but, Sebastian yeah. has a, an interesting comment before he sends them in, which is like, you can't shoot your guns down there because the, the Commonwealth tracks our bullets. Yep. Uh, I assume that just means like inventory. Like if yeah. you are, if you come back with bullets that are unaccounted for, you right. have to account for them. I, I don't see the problem. They live in a zombie apocalypse. How are they not all, all right. the time and, shooting and bullets? Gonna, and also who's going to like, really like, if you have some rounds that go into a Walker's body, who's going to actually recover and trace and whatever. It doesn't seem like that is plausible to me. Yeah. Um, unless there's another way that he's talking about tracing them. Um, so I don't think but it doesn't feel like that they have enough te technology or, or resources. They don't have like RFID on these. Right. <laughs> That's for sure. This right. is this. I feel like this is just like, you have to account for every bullet that you've been issued by the quartermaster, which yeah. I think you can probably do uh, right. because zombies. Yeah. So in any case, they, they make it through their heist. April does not, but they find out that she's on the list um, that oh, they, they do. I think, yeah, they, uh, or I, maybe that's in the oh, next. Oh, AJ. 
No, but her name was on the list, and I did recall that. Okay, for, I mean, it's I a long like, list. I didn't see it, it but they, we also find out that they've sent 30 or 40 people into this building. Right. Uh, she was just the last group of 12 before they sent in our two favorite uh, Negan, or not Negan, sorry, right. Daryl and Rosita, who who basically managed to take care of business. Daryl, I feel like in the garage when he's trying to turn on the solar power generator has way more trouble with zombies than he should. He's, right. It takes him a while. Takes him a while. Um, I do think that based upon the things that April has told him that the list is probably a group of people that have either compromised themselves, need help, have family that could be, you could exert pressure upon to get things. So why would Tyler Davis be on that list? He's compromised, I guess, but compromised maybe because he messed up and he's got family that he has to support, which he mentioned. Um, and that she also mentioned that she's got like two kids or yeah, she says she has kids. So, um, and we also see that with Sebastian, that's the threat that he makes to Rosita and Daryl, um, is about their kids. And I can't believe he's still alive. Yeah, exactly. Um, so anyway, um, they, they, they get through this Mercer, well, Mercer uh, and Carol show up. And I knew as soon as I heard machine guns outside the safe yeah. room, I was like, oh, there's Carol. Carol's coming. Was right. not really expecting Mercer to be there. I don't remember Mercer and Carol having a tight relationship. Like, Me neither. But she could I go bet. to him and be like, hey, there's trouble at the at the old rich per- yeah. person's house. And he's like, OK, let me grab two machine guns. Yeah. Huh? And so. But this is the part where we see Mercer sort of start to I mean, well, he's clearly. already he's been he's been drifting into their lane so 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 now that answers that question for me like he's gonna be a a friendly that's great maybe not 100 percent, but he's certainly just killed two of his own soldiers quote unquote because they actually didn't answer to him and treated him with some derision like the stupidest decision ever yeah um but they get out of it and then sebastian is you know like psyched that they got the money gives them their cut and so now there there's that situation that and he will- does that in front of mercer too yep like so there's there's this element of this that is just out in the open that is wild to me yeah how so yeah. and especially when like carol goes in to talk to hornsby and is like so yeah sebastian was doing this crazy thing 40 people are dead uh but we got the money they got the money and, and when he's like oh thank goodness we finally got it yeah. And, uh, you know, you, you're either in line or you're in my way. Uh, and Carol does that amazing Carol thing where she she channels some Machiavelli in his office. And it's just like, yeah, you're part of the solution, part of the problem. He's like, thank you for understanding me, Carol. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Oh, dude, you don't understand. You're talking to a chameleon. Yep. Um, and so anyway, a little bit more to come on that, I suspect. With Sebastian, I suspect so, too. That whole so have you actually watched the next two episodes also? No, I I did start to watch it, um, but I I stopped myself for the exact reason that just happened. Like I just can't keep it. What self control? Not total self control. Just I was like, this isn't gonna bode well because there was so much to keep uh, straight with these two. So here's my um, question, uh, big picture question for the Commonwealth with Hornsby's activities, which feel multi layered at this yeah. point with his like PR assassin team, this yeah. other stuff. He's he's shipping weapons. Yeah. Uh, can the CR, can the CA, the Commonwealth, can they survive if he is having to be cut out like a cancer, which I assume is kind of what has to happen here? Mm-hmm. Will this Commonwealth survive that? That. Well, event? I think it depends on what he has in store, um, and mm. I think there is going to be a, you know, 
I, I think we're going to see that there's going to be something that happens. And I do think Hornsby has a lot more going on or, or Hornsby and Milton has a lot more going on than we even know. And I feel like Milton's a lot more aware of the stuff that Hornsby is doing than we are supposedly privy to at this point. Yeah, maybe based upon, based upon her comments to him before, I think that there is a shadowy something that they are both in cahoots about. Um, because frankly, but, this outreach never made any sense to us anyway. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. So, um, so I think we're going to have to see what happens there. Um, I don't know that they're going to get into all of this. Um, it doesn't feel, feels like there's like a lot of storylines to wrap up before. Again, this is like what the third, like this third of the season is over in a few episodes. And, and I yeah. don't know. I don't think they're going to be able to get to all of it. So I think it's going to have to be, they're going to probably leave some, some things hanging. Um, But um, as it stands, we then go, we have the whole complex situation and it's pretty clear that this group has not taken the weapons. So then the question is who has, Um, which, you know, becomes pretty clear. Um, And we also have, um, I don't, like I don't want to say lines being drawn, but we've definitely got our our like um, our community of people, our originals, our OGs like Maggie and and Aaron and Gabriel and all that. Um, you know, Aaron and Gabriel are now in a pretty like bad spot because of all this stuff that has happened in this complex. Yeah, and, they're certainly um, the only survivors of the the whole party that went out. So that's gonna be. that's gonna be odd yeah right so it's like i don't know um that is something that is gonna have to like and in the midst of all this we've got you've got negan and, and maggie becoming much more aligned i mean you have them fighting it out and then coming to some kind of peace or or at least shaky truce right because because Negan and Herschel, Negan takes care of Herschel. He saves Herschel. Um, and then even Negan and, and Herschel have like a, I don't want to say a resolution. Uh, I don't think Actually, it was resolved at all. In fact, their last, the last thing Negan says to Herschel is like, you grow up and you come find me and we'll fit, we'll settle this. Or something which, like by that. the way, which by the way, kill Bill, right? Kill yeah. Bill. That's very, that's almost exactly what, um, what Beatrix says to uh, Black Mamba's daughter, yeah, like after she's destroyed her, right? So, um, so, so it's you know those kind of common tropes going on, but in the meantime, they're semi on the same side, um, at least in this sense to try to survive and and get through. And it's interesting because I do think that Maggie, despite her lack of trust for Negan, trusts him more than she trusts the Commonwealth, because at least he's the devil she knows and. And she knows he's going to be totally honest with her. And so she finds out he's got something to live for. He's got a wife and a baby. And, um, you know, you could see her maybe say thinking, well, I'm going to take these things from him, but that's not kind of where they go on this. Um, it feels like they're getting past that animosity, at least to some extent, to some extent. Um, by, necess- by necessity though. Right. So, it's it's kind of an interesting thing to set up and what causes them to get there finally. Um, so I don't know. Um, and a little bit of this is in line with the speech Gabriel gave, gave, which is that people have done bad things. People have done desperate things. Um, 
And in the end, you have to move past those things that you did in those desperate times. Um, Such a good sermon. Yeah, I know. Uh, So I don't know. It's and like, so you've got all of these kind of dynamics going on and aligning some groups together and our original team members kind of bringing in new members in the form of Mercer. Um, Oh, and Annie and and her people. Yeah. So it's, it's, you know, um, it's going to be, I I think it's going to be interesting in the next few episodes. Um, So that's, that's sort of where we are in this. Was there anything else to talk about? I think that was mostly it. It was those storylines. I'm also really curious where some of the characters who we haven't seen are. And I guess mostly it's really just Luke. I was talking about this before we started recording. Where the heck is Luke? He went off to live with his girlfriend in Oceanside, and we haven't seen him since. And I feel like that was in season 11. No, season 10, 9. It was was a minute ago. And, you know, maybe this is a scheduling thing. uh, Or, you know, there are a lot of characters. Not a lot, but there is definitely a handful of characters who have just disappeared off the show and never come back. I'm looking at you, Heath. Apparently, Eduardo and Cal also fit into that. Um, Sonequa Martin-Green's husband. Yep. Scott? Green, who plays Eric, he hasn't been on the show in, in a couple seasons Jesus. either. Yeah. Uh, so hopefully, I don't know. Maybe we'll see them. Maybe we won't. Maybe they just want to close this thing down before, <laughs> without complicating it even more with more storylines. Oh, but we do have to say that Leah makes an appearance at the very yes end of this. So we have to assume she's one woman the- army. Leah has taken out the convoy the weapons, and now she has weapons. yet. So great, Leah. One person has stockpiled these rifles or whatever the weapons are. Maybe it'll be explosives and that's how she'll become a threat. But I'm yeah, just like, maybe. all right, how many, how many like rifles can you shoot at once, Leah? Maybe right. she'll make a new Huacha. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, all right. Well, uh, if you have any thoughts on these episodes or this, this third of the season, feel free to send us an email, reanimatedpodcast at gmail.com. You can leave us a note on our site, reanimated P, sorry, reanimatedpodcast.com. And then you can tweet at us, reanimatedpcast.com. Yeah, reanimatedpcast. Pcast. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, not that's .com. Not .com. But, uh, but yeah. hey, lack of sleep, lack of yeah, sleep. Take that idea. nap um, and hit us up next time. Next time we're going to get through the rest of uh, season 11.2. Uh, and that will be great. So join us again next time on Reanimated. And thank you for listening. Ciao.